We'd like to welcome you back to part three of our current event and weekly Bible study for July 20th, 2015. And uh, actually it's July 21st because I'm at 1230 at night I'm doing this. Um, but for the sake of the study, it'll be uh, the 20th. So next report, Saudi prince pledges 32 billion with a B to promote Islam and Sharia in America. So all of our hard-earned gas money at work coming back, bearing good fruit. Saudi Prince Alweed bin Talal, a senior member of the Saudi monarchy, which, you know, Saudi Arabia is huge for oil ex exportation to America, says he'll pledge $32 billion in advance to the Islam Islamization of America. The Saudis have spent billions already. 80% of the mosques built in America are Saudi-funded. See, again, we're funding our own destruction. Every time we fill up. You know? And, I mean, I'm as guilty as anybody. What are you going to do? But it's, it is a fact, pretty much. At least a good percentage of it, typically. Islamic groups working to impose the Sharia are largely funded by the Saudis. We can look forward to 32 billion more of the kingdom's brand of Islam while censoring criticism of Islam. And it's not just the media that is on the receiving end of the blood money, but also the Muslim Brotherhood fronts like CARE. Because they care. They care about beheading you and slicing off your head. Which spends millions whining about how lucrative the Islamophobia business is. WikiLeaks has begun releasing a trove of documents, half a million cables and other documents from the Saudi Foreign Ministry, declaring the media is not controlled by the Jews, but actually by Saudi Arabia. Media loyalties purchased around the world. So I'm, I'm skeptical anymore when I say uh, all this demonization of everything Jewish. They're the source of all evil, the bane of all humanity. Number one, it's a gigantic global satanic plot you can look at the freemasons you can look at the vaticans you can look at the zionists you can look at the illuminati you can look at Islam. they all play their part i'm not going to put that at the feet of any one particular group but see muslims and all of their propaganda place everything at the feet of the jews so when i see somebody placing everything at the feet of the jews who was behind that brainwashing that they received well, most likely it was Islam, ultimately. I mean, they, they deny the Holocaust with all the eyewitnesses, all the literal pictures and the film and all of the, the troops from World War II that saw it firsthand, all of the piles of bodies and the ovens and the gas chambers and all of, oh, yeah, it didn't happen. There's no Jews killed. Oh, really? Really? When their stated goal is total eradication of the Jews and that Hitler actually worked with Islam? During World War II? But let's deny it, though, because none of it ever happened. All those pictures, all those first-hand accounts, all the film footage, it's all fake and lies. Right, right. Holocaust deniers. Love that one. Love it. Islam is the chief one behind that. Just understand that. I have a whole file on that one. Debunking it.
So WikiLeaks declared... Now, I'm not saying there's not wicked, evil, Zionistic Jews, okay? In very, very high places, in world government, in Hollywood. I'm not saying that, okay? But as Jesus said, these are Jews that call themselves Jews, but are not. They are of the synagogue of Satan, okay? So let's make that distinction. Notice how this WikiLeaks release has garnered little press. Well, of course not. One comment read, 32 billion more coming at ya. We are financing our own demise. We should be energy independent and these billionaire barbarians would starve and rightly so. She, and, and she is referring, or, or he or she is referring to the oil that we're totally dependent on. That's probably going to go through the roof. Particularly, what, what do you see when World War III hits? Or if we start to have really bad relations with the Middle East? You can expect doubling and tripling of gas if you can even get it. One more, yet one more controlled crisis that's coming at you. And then if the dollar tanks and loses its purchasing power, <laughs> who knows what gas would go up to. We've talked about a lot, a lot about that lately as far as the uh, devaluation of the dollar. So, this video had come out, and I'm not going to play it, but it was a militia leader, and um, a leader in the Arizona militia has called for all Americans to go to their neighborhood mosque and place a sign that read reads, closed until further notice. Well, if you go there, you probably better bring a small army because there's probably going to be a lot of bloodshed. I wouldn't advise anybody to do this unless God called you to do it, you know what I mean? And you had the necessary forces to do so. But the problem is, is if the cops show up, they're going to be on Islam's side. And you're, you're going to be the one that probably gets shot. So I get what he's saying, but I think it needs to be more well thought out. Okay? Yes, the mosques are the source of this evil. Listen, if I was president... You, I would purge the nation of Islam. They are absolutely bent on the destruction of any nation they're in. Japan's done it. They will not allow Islam. They'll only allow them on work visas. It's what we should have done a long time ago. They're totally bent on the destruction of whatever nation they are in. And the moderates are just the beachhead. They're just, just the beachhead. And we, we've seen the fruit... I mean, you know, so Cap Captain Joseph O'Shaughnessy, O'Shaughnessy, uh, a very well-known patriot who put his life on the line during the Bundy Range standoff, has called for a peaceful protest on Friday, the Muslim Day of Prayer. He went on to say further, "I am the understand is they wouldn't view that as peaceful." Okay, Islam. He went on to say, "I'm calling all patriots, militia." I think three percenters and oath keepers to peacefully head to their local mosques tomorrow at 6 a.m. and block all the entrances. Well, you know, again, it needs to be way better thought out. And I get what he's saying, though. I understand it. And I wanted to kind of address it a little bit. He says the reality is Islam just declared war on the American people and, on, and they did this on United States soil. Well, they've done that a long time ago, though, if you ask me. I mean, just read their communiques read their action look at their actions you know
if you ever attempted anything like that, it would be with much prayer and fasting and, and totally guided by God. And I'm not saying that's the way to do it, you know. But I get what he's, I get the premise behind what he was calling for. But I believe if people, if like two or three people showed up in mass and tried to do that, they would probably find themselves either dead or in jail, you know. And the cops are going to totally side with Islam because that's what they've been instructed to probably do for to a large extent regarding these mosques. I could be wrong, okay, but I mean, I'm looking at like all of the things our government is letting them do carte blanche and, and how can I come to any other conclusion than that? So then the next report, Marine Sergeant to the Islamic State, you will learn soon enough of the Brotherhood of the Marines. In the wake of Thursday's jihadi attack on military recruiting center in Chattanooga, Tennessee, that left four, now five dead. One Marine says he had enough and has gone to social media to inform the Islamic State that, quote, you wanted attention and yesterday you got it. Only you chose the wrong people to seek that attention from. He was talking about the United States Marines. Marine Sergeant Jeremy Knopf, who served honorably in the United States Marine Corps for four years after graduating from high school, took to Facebook to rip the weakness of Barack Obama and how all the jihad attack, how, how the jihad attack has done uh, to paint the target even bigger on those tied to the religion of, who he refers to them as the religion of pieces. Um, probably because, I, probably the reference to them being blown to pieces, I think. Um, he says, you did not get the attention of our weak president, he wrote. He tweeted his support for your medieval holiday following your cowardly attack. You did not get the attention of our useless and corrupt Congress. They were too busy lining their pockets. Oh, well point. Well, good good point. When you attacked those four Marines, you got the attention of every one of our 186,800 active duty Marines, along with every Marine who ever served, he continued. You just stirred up hate, discontent, and malice within a group of people who relished the idea of engaging the enemy. Uh, Knopf, who manages Spartan Media, then wrote, There is something you obviously don't know about the Marines. The brotherhood we share is stronger than the challenges we face, the weapons we master, or the enemies we destroy. You will learn that soon enough. In pointing out the current rules of engagement per the Obama administration, which has gotten many of our military killed, meaning you 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 got to do this and you got to do that and you got to do this before you engage the enemy. That way, that as many of our armed forces over there in the Middle East will die first because they're forced to adhere to all of these insane rules of engagement. That's what they're in reference to here, okay? Which ensures maximum amount of our troops dying, okay? Because that's what Obama wants. That's what, you know, the people at the top want. More dead Americans. So, he says, these rules of engagement per the Obama administration, um that has gotten many of our military killed, says that that isn't the way it will work out when Islam has come to America. You see, we won't play by the rules you're accustomed to seeing, he wrote. When you play in our backyard, we won't have, we don't have to answer to any chain of command. We will follow, we will not follow the ridiculous rules of engagement crafted by spineless bureaucrats to appease some goat-herding tribal leader. And we won't be wearing uniforms so that you can easily ambush us. So, the point I'm trying to make here is that this is really coming to a head. And there's, I mean, I thought it was really good when I saw civilians that were open carrying in front of the Marine recruitment centers in these arm, like the day afterward, because it's showing 
that you have the common person, and probably a lot of them are former military anyway, you know, they're saying, listen, you know, we're with you, we're not abandoning you. See, the government's trying to create this rift between the military and the citizens of America, particularly the patriotic citizens or ones that would believe in a Second Amendment. And in a way, I see this event as backfiring in that regard because it did not create a rift at all in that regard. It actually probably, military, particularly active duty, would look at that and say, wow, that's really cool of them coming there, putting their life on the line in order to protect our, our recruiting center. I want to see more of, of that type. I don't want to see us all driven apart and all of these wedges driven between the blacks and the whites and the military and the civilians and all of this other garbage that's all being done by design to get us all trying to kill one another when the people at the top, the Illuminati who are controlled by Satan, are the ones there laughing they're all their way to the, you know, to the bank and in in and wanting us to kill one another so that they we we do that job for them. That's what they want. So in that regard, I think it backfired on them. This last Tennessee shooting. Next report, warning goes out it has only just begun as Louisiana arms National Guard in America is completely infiltrated. Um, in the wake of the horrifying ISIS-linked massacre of five Marines in Tennessee in a gun-free zone, We've learned this morning that Louisiana Governor Bobby Jindal has issued an executive order authorizing the National Louisiana National Guard to arm their guardsmen, thus preserving their lives, um, security, and property of themselves and others at military facilities. We also learned that according to one ex-CIA insider, ISIS-inspired attacks are the wave of the future. In other words, we're going to see a lot more of this. In this story on Shubat.com, we learned that the shooter in Tennessee really had a different name and is now a confirmed Palestinian terrorist who visited ISIS-infested communities while traveling in the Middle East. All of this stuff is being totally ignored in the media, obviously, as usual. While authorities are still officially saying that there is no ISIS tied to the shooting, what we even though they claim responsibility within hours, okay, what we learn from Shubat is quite different, telling us that the shooter's real name is Mohammed Yosef Saeed al-Hajaji, and we also learn that it's quite common for those engaged in terrorist activities to change their names. As was recently reported in ANP, our government is allowing the importation of terrorists into America, potentially by the hundreds of thousands, and as we learn in the second story from Shubat, it's now been revealed that a major ISIS-style mess has infiltrated um, the United States with obvious acts of gray terror taking place now across America, such as the cut fiber optic lines in California. There's links to these stories and planned power outages as Jade home 15 began. How long will it be until, um, Hawks warnings in the second video come true? Uh, I'm not going to play any of that, but he warned about this as infographic below clearly proves America has already been infiltrated. We pray for the safety of all Americans, particularly the men and women in uniform who serve our nation selflessly telling us that when all this finally comes crashing down, it will, it'll most likely happen all at once. Hawk warns that we are now likely in the overture phase. What is this overture phase? Well, from Russian history in Victor. Sir. Silverovov. Anyway, they. This is an excerpt from this Russian history thing. There are explosions. Now, this was. I, this happened in times past in Russia. 
There are explosions practically every day. The main targets are the government districts, communication centers, and military headquarters. Okay, in other words, this is a this is a phase of this overture that we're most likely in right now. Okay. Um, at the same time, terrible forest fires are raging. Remember what I said before about the thing that they're all these that staging that they're setting up for in California, where they're killing the trees, they're creating drought conditions to create, you know, all of this fuel for the for the fires that are going to rage through there. There was a wildfire that just ran through there uh, yesterday, shut down roads and everything. <clears throat> all these operations, uh, because because of course none of these events is an accident. And others like them are officially known in the GRU, and again, this is an older document, as the preparatory period, and unofficially and unofficially known as the overture. The overture is a series of large and small operations, the purpose of which, before actual military operations begin, is to weaken the enemy's morale, create an atmosphere of general suspicion, fear, and uncertainty, and divert the attention of the enemy's armies and police forces to a huge number of different targets. Could you imagine if, like, that day, this happened 20 other places in America? There was 20 other Muslim whack jobs that were activated the same day. Okay? Wow. that You talk about chaos. Look what the one event produced. What if that happened in 20 other places? What if it happened in 50 other places? What if it happened in... 500 other places all at once on the same day remember i've been telling you for a long time they're waiting for the green light these islamic terrorist cells are waiting for the green light and they're getting hundreds of thousands of more troops every year and so this is the ultimate objective divert the attention of the enemy's armies and police forces to a huge number of different targets so that they're totally overwhelmed each of which will which will enable their other troops to go and do what they're going to do without having to worry about the cops because there's going to be too many things going on for the 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 law enforcement and the military to deal with and that's in that particular case that's when it would be essential for the private citizens and the militia to get involved in guarding targets because like i said they're going to go after the water sources they're going to probably try to to release biologicals they're going to go to the, the to the main population centers they're i mean there's all of these things they're going to they're try to go after the power substation the 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 substations the wherever dams and things of this nature that's what they're going to be doing in mass that's what their plan is Huge number of different targets, each of which may be the, the object of the next attack. The overture is carried out by agents of other secret services of the Soviet satellite countries. Now remember, just insert Muslim here. And by mercenaries recruited by intermediaries. The principal method employed at the stage at this stage is called gray terror. That kind of terror which is not conducted in the name of the Soviet Union. Okay, so... In other words, it's not conducted in the name of the United States. The United States will say, oh, look at all these bad Muslims. We brought them all in. We treated them so good. We gave them a home. We gave them all this stuff. And now they're just attacking us like crazy. We can't believe it. So see, they don't have to take responsibility. They come out smelling like a rose. You know? They get to impose martial law. 
put everybody on lockdown, take away all of our rights because of the bad Muslims. And they are bad, they're wicked. But they are going to be the tool or a potential tool. This is just one scenario where we could be in lockdown. Just one. The Soviet secret services do not at this stage leave their visiting cards or leave other people's cards. Meaning, insert America in the Soviet and say, well, America's not going to claim responsibility for any of this, even though they might have orchestrated it all and greased the skids for all of this to happen and brought all these people over and gave them money and protected them. But their calling card's not going to be on it. They're going to just point at that point to the Muslims, to the Muslim extremists that are doing all this stuff. And that may be the very case. Because they want to kill us. It's not like they're going to need any motivation. The Soviet secret services do not at this stage leave their uh, calling cards. The terror is carried out in the name of an already existing extremist group. ISIS, Hezbollah, Taliban, whatever that is not connected in any way with the Soviet Union, in this case to the United States. But they are connected. They created ISIS. They funded them. They've given them weapons drops. They've protected them. But they're going to say it's not connected to us in any way. Or the name... Um, so anyway, the GRU reckons that this period... Uh, in its operations should be regarded as natural disasters, actions by forces beyond human control, mistakes committed by people, or as terrorist acts by organizations not connected to the Soviet Union, or in this case the United States. The terrorist acts carried out in the course of the overture require very few people, very few weapons, and little equipment. It wouldn't take uh, the right scenario if, if they were permitted to do this, it wouldn't take a hundred Muslims to go to one particular area and to, and to create unbelievable havoc if they had the right tools and they could go there stealth. In some cases, all that may be needed is a man who has a weapon, nothing more than a screwdriver or a box of matches or a glass ampule. Some of the operations can have catastrophic consequences. For example, an epidemic of an infectious disease at seven of the most important naval bases in the West could have the effect of having the combined naval might of the Soviet Union's enemies. Biological attacks have been one of their plans for a lot of times, and they'll view that as part of the suicide. They don't even care if they get infected. They're going to be with their 72 versions and white-skinned boys, so it's like, oh, all the better that we die. So they don't even care about giving themselves the biological thing. Biolog uh, anthrax is one of the main things that... I, I mean, this is one of the main things I reported on way back when, when I started researching this. How that they could take what they call a venturi, which is like a funnel thing, kind of, and go up in a, in a, in a light plane, like a Cessna, and, and just rig it right where they just dump all of this biological anthrax or whatever into the venturi, and it's literally atomizing over the city over a city population thousands and thousands and thousands of people sick and dead or they could just go down a road in like a van have it have it hooked up the venturi in the back that goes straight down into the road and just dump it in there in the back of the van and, and if they had if they had um biological suits on 
like any kind of like a stage three uh, biological suit, they'd be protected and they could just keep dumping it down there and just it'd be going all over the road and, and into the anybody that had open windows especially. It's going into their car, infecting thousands of people that way. The overture uh, could last from several weeks to several months, gradually gathering force and embracing fresh regions. Now remember, that was from an older document on Soviet history. But that's, that's most likely we're in the very beginning stages of this overture phase. Shock and awe, order out of chaos. Next report, concealed carry permits skyrocket while crime plummets. Study shows more guns equals less crime. While the number of American remember, this just happened in another gun-free zone. Of all places, a military recruiting center with a whole bunch of Marines that were totally unarmed and couldn't protect themselves. Had they been armed, guaranteed, they wouldn't have killed near as many, and that guy would have died a lot quicker. But no, they need to be disarmed. Our military. Unbelievably insane. Study shows more guns equals less crime. While the number of Americans carrying firearms has soared, the murder rates have fallen by 25%. But Obama will tell you the exact opposite. He's just so sick of all these guns just causing all... Yeah, guns in the hands of criminals, you're right. Guns in the hands of criminals that go into gun-free zones, you're right, Obama. That is a, a worst-case scenario for disaster and for maximum mayhem and murder. But you have a criminal armed with a gun and there's other people shooting back. You know what? Not near as bad in that scenario. That guy dies. And you know what? The next criminal will think twice about doing it. Imagine that. But no, no. The, the, the solution is take away guns from the law-abiding citizens and just leave them in the hands of the criminals and the criminal government. And I don't mean all the government's criminal like all the law enforcement. I'm saying it's going to get to that point, the way it's moving. That's what they want. Every dictator in the last hundred years that, that, you know, in the advent of guns. What did they do before they came in and, 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 you know, killed millions and millions of their own population? Pol Pot, Hitler, Stalin, Mao Zedong. They disarmed the populace. It's a proven statistical fact. It's what they do. According to a recent study by the Crime Prevention Research Center, the election of Barack Obama may have played a significant part in reducing crime in the U.S., but not in the way he's likely to brag about. In short, the election of Obama, a very vocal advocate of gun control, has persuaded more and more Americans that they should keep and bear arms themselves. There's never been anything better for the gun industry, self-defense, than this guy taking office. Never. Ammo industry, there, there, there's never been anything close to it. He has been the greatest poster child for selling guns and ammo that the world has ever known. Because they, so many people can see what a stinking devil in the flesh this guy is. And his agenda. Um, and that in turn has led to significantly lower crime rates. Higher the concealed carry, the more people that have guns, the more the crime plummets. Look at Kennesaw, Georgia. Everybody's ordinance, city ordinance, you have to have a gun in your house. They have virtually no murder rate at all. Very low crime rate. 
You're going to think twice before you break into one of those houses, aren't you? Yeah, let's move on to greener pastures. Because everybody in Kennesaw has to have a gun in their house. I talked, one of my listeners, high-level law enforcement officer in the Atlanta area confirmed that to me. Said, you're right about that. Each year from 1999 to 2007, a little under a quarter of a million new permits were issued to the Americans. Allowing them to legally carry concealed firearms. In the four years after, and if people know, if criminals know that there might be a lot of people carrying concealed they're going to be really think twice about robbing someplace or they're not going to know who's got a gun. You know? They don't want to get killed. They want gun-free zones like schools and recruiting offices and the movie theaters, every place that we've had any kind of mass shooting, college campuses, gun-free zones. Because that's where the killing field is. It's where the people don't shoot back. Of course that's where the criminals are going to go. Because they're cowards. In part, if they're not flat out mind control slaves that were triggered to do it, like MK Ultra. Okay, so going back to this report. Um, so in the four years after that, uh, meaning... Uh, well, let me just kind of reiterate this. Each year from 1999 to 2007, a little under a quarter of a million new permits were issued to Americans, allowing them to legally carry concealed firearms. In the four years after that, during Obama's first term, the rate of new permits being issued more than tripled and has now continued to grow since then. In 2007, about 4.6 million Americans already had concealed permits, concealed carry permits. Now that number is over 12.8 million. Wow. It's went from 4.6 to 12.8 million concealed carry. With more new permits being issued to women and minorities. Um, and minorities than... Uh, oh, more, more new permits being issued to women and minorities than white males. And again, this is why it's going to be so hard to disarm the populace. Which is really the, the, the main thing that has to be done in order for them to implement the new world order in america it's kind of hard when you know there more new permits are being issued than ever more people are carrying concealed than ever more guns are being sold than ever more ammo is being sold than ever so it's, just, it's a tall order people see what's coming the handwriting on the wall and they're like no no i'm gonna you know we're gonna go the exact opposite route which is really good that's a lot of average citizens carrying guns, and these numbers don't even include those who live in the eight states where one can legally carry a concealed firearm without a permit. Meanwhile, gun sales have continued to rise since Obama took office. Around 14 million guns were purchased in the U.S. between 2008 and 2011, and over 20 million were purchased between 2012 and 2013. Wow. Around 5 million of those being sold to first-time gun buyers. So what has been the effect on crime? Advocates of gun control have long insisted that arming the average American citizen would lead to a bloody mayhem and chaos in the streets. However, while the number of Americans carrying firearms have soared, murder rates have fallen by 25%. Um, according to the Crime Prevention Research Center, 25% decrease in murder. Now, if you had in places that where it's illegal to carry guns like New York City and Chicago and things those places that that have all kind of 
gun fatalities, if you had concealed carry there, you would have an even more dramatic drop. Okay, but because there's a lot of places where you still cannot really be armed, those are the areas that are making, uh, you know, keeping those statistics high. It's not the law-abiding citizens carrying gun that would use it for a righteous reason or use it to prevent a crime. They're not the problem. It's the criminals with guns that go into places where they know no guns are permitted. That's the problem. They're the ones committing all the murder and mayhem. Most of it. It's not law-abiding citizens. As Larry Keene, Senior Vice President of the National Sports Shooting Foundation, says it puts a lie to the myth promulgated by anti-gun individuals that somehow more law-abiding citizens carrying guns will lead to more crime. It's a total lie from the pit of hell. It's the exact opposite. Okay, so Islam is going to have to contend with that as well. Okay, all of these threats and all these things that Islam, they're going to come in here and, and, and do this and do that. Well, they're going to have to contend with the most well-armed populace the world has ever known. I don't think there's any nation on the planet that could even compare to the U.S. in that regard. So, from that standpoint, they're going to have a pretty rude awakening. Now, granted, a lot of things could happen between now and the time when Islam is actually activated or triggered, which could change that dynamic to a certain degree. But I'm saying if they were to come in and, and do this now. Um, so let's go back to the, the Islam. Islamic terrorists have carried out more than 26,444 uh, attacks, deadly terror attacks since 9-11. And that's according to the religionofpeace.com, which exposes Islam. So only 26,444 attacks. And that's probably really not even... I'm sure that's not all. Maybe that's only a third. Because I'm sure all kind of stuff happens every day that's not even recorded. Who knows, that could be 10%. But that's the religion of peace. So these are just some, some more bullet point headlines. Immigration to swell. U.S. Muslim population to 6.2 million. Because see, Obama's got to bring as many terrorists, as many Islamic people in here as he can. So the U.S. plans to swell the population to 6.2 million. Exploding Muslim immigration is overwhelming the FBI. Okay, in other words, they can't keep track of them. Obama administration preparing to substantially increase the rate of Muslim immigration into the United States. It, it couldn't be any more clear that this devil is absolutely bent on the absolute defilement and destruction of America in every way, shape, and form. Pew Research has estimated that immigration will cause the population of U.S. Muslims to more than double over the next two decades, from 2.6 million uh, in 2010 to 6.2 million in 2030. This demographic change is entirely the product of legal admissions that is that it is a formal policy of the federal government adopted by Congress. Next report, Muslim immigration to USA doubles in the decade after 9-11. Next, and these are all links you can click on. I just don't have time to go into them all. Next uh, report. 127,000 student visas given to Muslim youth nations in one year. Next report. The Fed says immigration, the immigration flood is taking the jobs of the American teens. That's another reason that, that, it's, that it's happening. 
Uh, and then 2.4 million illegals arrive under Obama. That's another way they're destroying the country is obviously with the illegal immigrants coming in from Mexico. A lot of them are Muslims as well. A lot of them are from China. Okay, so all the, the races that are bent on our destruction, the Chinese, the Russians, the, um, the, the radical Islamists, the, the, a lot of the people from Central America that hate our guts, that's the ones they want to bring in here in mass, legally or illegally. They're all illegal as far as I'm concerned because, you know, it's, it's, but they can say it's legal because they're trying to pre-position as many satanic troops as possible that when that order out of chaos is given, they're going to have them all pre-positioned and to create as much death, mayhem, and hell on earth as they possibly can. So that they're doing the work of the wicked Illuminati government that, you know, just that much more work they don't have to do. And all that much more reason they can impose martial law and take away our rights. Uh, next report, there's um, there's uh, 2.5 2. million illegals arrive under Obama. Only 400,000 arriving yearly, according to this statistic. Illegal aliens coming up from the uh, border, primarily. 400,000 yearly, that's all. 260 criminal aliens, illegal aliens, are released in Arizona in just three weeks. So they can go out and commit more mayhem and kill more people just like that guy did in San Francisco where he just walked up behind that innocent girl and shot her in the back and killed her right as she was walking with her dad. And he's, you know, been deported like five times and total slime bag from the pit of hell and they just keep letting him back in so he can go to their sanctuary cities like San Francisco and be totally protected. That's our government. That's Obama, baby. There, this illegal alien accused in the Connecticut killings was spared deportation. So he went out and killed because he wasn't deported. And if he was, even if he was deported, he'd just come right back on our porous borders. Again, it's, it's an it's a, it's a absolute total plan and plot to, to absolutely annihilate and decimate America in every way, shape, and form. Next report, U.S. State Department denies visas for persecuted Assyrian Christians. So we'll let the Muslims in by the millions, will let the illegal aliens in, carte blanche, give them benefits, pay for their health care, pay for their anchor babies, pay for everything, shelter them, feed them the whole nine yards. But we're going to deny visas for persecuted Assyrian Christians. No, you can't come here. You need to stay there and die and let Islam kill you. Which is what they're saying, essentially. I mean, I don't see how any sicker this world could get. Although more than 100,000 visas have already been granted to Muslims this year alone. They're denying visas for persecuted Assyrian Christians that are literally in fear of their life every day. This is from Christian Headlines. U.S. State Department reportedly sent a message to Assyrian Christians that their faith would not be a reason to grant them visas. Breaking Christian News reports a reverend who was trying to help a group of Assyrian Christians escape the constant danger of Iraq was told that Christians would not be given the visa, though they had received permission to leave from their bishop. The State Department reportedly told uh, Reverend Julian M. Dobbs there is no way that Christians will be supported because of their religious affiliation. Our State Department. No way. We'll take Muslims all day, though, baby. More the merrier. 
the more the merrier, and the more radicalized and the more terroristic they are, we love that. We love death and hell. Bring them in. Bring in all those illegal aliens coming in from, from all the, 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 the drug gangs and all the Santa Marti death cult and all their paganism. Bring it all in. We love it. The news is troubling to Christian leaders as religious minorities in Iraq are at the risk of persecution since ISIS took control of parts of the nation, including the city of Mosul. Archbishop Bashwar Warda of Erbil said, and again, I'm not saying these are like, these are probably some orthodox Christianity, is, uh, which is really, really a shame that if they're not even saved, that, you know, but, but then again, a lot of these people don't deny Christ and, they, and, and to, to the very end, they will not deny Jesus Christ. So I'm not saying they're not saved. Not for me to judge. I pray to God all of them be saved. I love them. God bless them. I pray to God if they're not saved, though, they get out of the false religion and you know they, they get truly saved according to the word of God. But, I mean, these people are under severe persecution. Shows a picture here of some of them. It's just pitiful. This archbishop said Christianity in Iraq is going through one of the worst, of its worst and hardest stages of its long history, which dates back to the first century. Throughout all these long centuries, we have experienced many hardships and persecutions, offering caravans of martyrs. Yet, 2014 brought the worst acts of genocide against us in our history. Since the first century, 2014, there was more of them martyred than any other time in their, in their history. That's saying something. Considering we're dealing with about 2,000 years here. J.H. J. H. McDonald lamented the situation at the State Department, saying the State Department, the wider administration, some in Congress, and much of the media and the other liberal elites insist that Christians cannot be given what they call preferential treatment. But the Muslims can be. Rape and pillage their merry way all the way to hell and we're going to reward that wickedness every time. But we can't give them preferential treatment, the Christians. Even within the churches, some Christians are so afraid of appearing to give preferential treatment to their fellow Christians that they are reluctant to plead the case of their Iraqi and Syrian brothers and sisters. Whatever. You're, you're so sorry. I, I wouldn't even want to be around you. I wouldn't even want to talk to you. I wouldn't want to have any, any... If you're so sorry that you're afraid of appearing to give preferential treatment to your fellow Christians because you're reluctant to plead their cause of their Iraqi and Syrian brothers and sisters, I mean... You'll beg for the mark of the beast. You'll beg for it. You can call yourself Christian all day long. You'll beg for it. If you won't even plead the cause of people that identify as Christians who are going to be murdered, beheaded, raped, killed, sold into slavery, you're beyond sorry. And I'm not talking to my listeners. I'm talking about anybody that would be reluctant Absolute, total, satanic insanity. Uh, just 
uh, just try to remember to keep these people in your prayers and, and anything that you can do to help them. The, the problem I run into is so much of the time, the people that are saying they're helping them, they're themselves some apostate Christian sect. You know, like, oh, it's, it's, do as the Lord leads you. Do as the Lord leads you, though. Uh, uh, two other are reports. Belgium rescues 200 persecuted Christians from Syria with asylum offer pending, so that's good. Jewish man who survived the Nazis funds the rescue of 2,000 Christians from ISIS. God bless him. He survived the Nazi Holocaust, and he said the Christians were the ones that helped him during the Nazi Holocaust. So now he wants to pay, pay that back. That was his testimony. You can click on that link. I just don't have time to get into that. So, I think that bothers me about as much as anything I've read today. This stuff about the Christians. How they're just being left to just die over there, basically. By our, by our government. We're, we'll let in, as I said, Obama administration preparing to substantially increase the rate of muslim immigration into the united states you fork-tongued devil may god rain down his fury on you and all your devil ilk in the name of the lord jesus christ by the power of the holy spirit his angelic host and through the sword of the spirit which is the word of god hypocritical devil it just absolute satanic insanity everywhere you turn next report empire state building turns green for islam the same day as the slaughter of five marines in tennessee iconic new york city skyscraper lit up in honor of the muslim holiday marking the end of ramadan Maybe they should have lit it up for those 95 martyrs that they crucified, five of them being children, because they ate during Ramadan, you know, that we reported on. Empire State Building, here's a picture of it, is lit up in green July 17th in New York City to celebrate the Eid al-Fatir, which is what Obama was talking about, the thing, the, the announcement he made about, you know, we need to respect all religions and happy Ed Al-Fatir, marking the end of Ramadan. Yeah, here it is, lit up in green. The green light will shine until the famous skyscraper closes to the public at 2 a.m. when the building traditionally turns out its lights. The, sky, the skyscraper has carried out the tradition for several years now in its annual lighting. Isn't that wonderful? Doesn't that warm the cockles of your heart? I know it does mine. And then on a related subject, ISIS has actually threatened to behead the Statue of Liberty. Which I understand it's a Freemasonic gift by the French Freemasons and that whole nine yards. And what this, the Statue of Liberty, Libertas, the Goddess Liberty, just like the Goddess of Columbia on top of this, the Capitol. I understand it's all satanic. But just the fact that ISIS is threatening to behead the Statue of Liberty as well. You know, I love all these threats that we're constantly getting as we give them more and more and more they threaten more and more and more did you love that don't you love gratefulness humility goodness gentleness i think if you could describe islam gentleness meekness purity 
You know, I, I don't. Aren't those things that describe Islam to a T? Next report, and this is just one little thing I'm going to cover. Obama's welfare plan, which is entitled "Why Get Married." Some people really know how to play the system. The Obama welfare plan. Here's the Obama welfare plan, just so everybody knows. Just, you know, we're all we're all on the same page. For a guy and his girlfriend with two kids, follow these proven steps. Don't get married to her. Always use your mom's address to get mail. Uh, the guy then goes and buys a house. The guy rents the house to the girlfriend who has the two kids. Section 8 will then pay $900 a month for their three-bedroom home. Then the girlfriend signs up for Obamacare so the guy doesn't have to pay for family insurance. Then the girlfriend gets to go to college for free being a single mother. The girlfriend then gets $600 a month in food stamps. The girlfriend then gets free cell phones. The girlfriend gets free utilities. The guy moves into the home but continues to use the mom's house to get and have his mail sent. Okay. Then... Number 12, 12 step, girlfriend claims one kid, guy claims one kid on taxes. Now you both get a claim as head of household at a $1,800 credit. Girlfriend then gets disability for being crazy or having a bad back, uh, whatever you want to make up, and at $1,800 a month and never has to work again. Now, the illegal aliens all know all this stuff, and I'm sure the Muslims have figured this out, too. And I'm sure a lot of people that are dependent on the welfare system have figured this all out, too. But now, you know, it's available to all of us, you know. So now this plan is perfectly legal, and it's being used by millions of people currently. Current millions of deadbeats that are relying and this is the government loves this stuff you're in the you're in this bracket totally dependent on the government when martial law is instituted you're going to do whatever they tell you to do because you're not going to bite the hand that feeds you here is the bottom line regarding this scenario a married couple with a stay-at-home mom will net one will, will net zero amount of money okay in benefits in this scenario but an unmarried couple in this underhanded scenario with a stay-at-home mom nets 21,600 in disability per year, 10,800 in free housing per year, 6,000 in free Obamacare per year, 6,000 in free food per year with the welfare, 4,800 in free utilities per year, 6,000 in Pell Grant money to spend on college, 12,000 a year in college tuition free from the Pell Grant, and an $8,800 tax benefit for being a single mother. Totaling $75,000 per year in benefits to these deadbeats. This is why the country is $18 plus trillion in debt and illegal aliens are pouring over the border and Islam and everyone else trying to get their share of the pie before the country is absolutely, totally annihilated by them. Evil is encouraged and rewarded. And one need not even guess how these people vote. Isn't that special? Isn't it just one? Isn't life grand? That's all I have for part three. Sorry, I'm just in full sarcasm mode at this point. I mean, it's just absolutely incomprehensible. The wickedness and evil. You try to do the right thing. You try to be honest and, and, and upright in your business dealings. And you realize that this is just common practice. This is like, this is the thing to do. You know? The way to get by.
wickedness is absolutely rewarded and protected and righteousness is absolutely uh, targeted and discouraged and, 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 I mean, just demonized. Woe to them that call evil good and good evil. So that's all I have for part three and we will go to part four next.